Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. What are you going to do? Everything is my guess. It will be a little messy, but embrace the mess. It will be complicated, but rejoice in the complications. It will not be anything like what you think it will be like, but surprises are good for you. And don't be frightened. You can always change your mind. Nora Efron. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today, it's just me. I'm sharing a little bit about the bookshelf's history and what retail looks like during a pandemic year. So if you've ever wondered what life looks like for a bookstore owner, here is my story. Look, this is a different kind of episode, but I was inspired to do it when I looked at the calendar and realized that I have now owned or operated the bookshelf for seven years. Uh, My seventh anniversary with the store came and went in May without any fanfare. And rightfully so, because there's there's a lot going on. Uh, and it's not like you celebrate your relationship with your job, maybe the way you do your birthday or your anniversary. But seven years does feel like a milestone. And when I was looking at our calendar for the podcast, I thought, well, maybe it's time to tell people the story of the bookshelf and the story of my dream of bookstore ownership. This is a topic we have covered before a few years ago, but it's been a while and 2020 has brought some changes (laughs) in case you haven't noticed. So I thought I would kind of start from the beginning. Um, If you were not familiar or maybe even are still are not familiar with the bookshelf, the store has actually existed and operated in Thomasville since 1982. That's before I was even born. So I am just one of a long line of owners and operators of the shop. In fact, the bookshelf has always been a woman-owned business, which is something I find really special. I am proud to be a part of her story, and I also know that I will probably and hopefully not be the end of her story, that maybe I will just get to play a small role in her life and she in mine. So the bookshelf has always been woman-owned and operated, and I am really pleased and proud to be a part of the long line of women who have taken care of her. I earned the store in an unusual way, and I use the word earned because that is the most accurate portrayal of my journey to business ownership. I began working for the bookshelf back in 2012. If you didn't know, I started off my career as a journalist, as a writer and editor. I worked and lived in Tallahassee, Florida, where I grew up, where I was born and raised. And I really liked my life. I was married, um, had a job that I found to be really fulfilling that utilized my degree. Um, That was pretty unusual, and I think probably is still (laughs) unusual, um, given the circumstances of the job hunt post-graduation things were good. I was happy. And yet there was a little something missing. And I don't know if it's like the millennial in me that wanted maybe more meaning out of my work. I'm really not quite sure. But I felt a call, and that sounds rather religious, but I felt like 
surely there was maybe something more or something else. And I didn't know that that necessarily meant a change in career or a change in jobs. I just thought I've got to find another way to be fulfilled because it's not happening entirely in and around my work. I lived with Jordan in a really cute little place in Midtown Tallahassee and one day was driving or walking in that area and noticed a bookstore was opening. And it was the kind of branch store of a beautiful bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia, where my husband and I frequently visited for date nights or events. I um, remember vividly a bookshelf event that I attended for my birthday. It was called the Unchained Tour. And it was one of those kind of life-changing, magical, beautiful experiences. And it was um, something I still look back fondly on because it was before the bookshelf was ever even a thought. I mean, I would never have dreamed that the store would one day be mine. That would never have occurred to me back when Jordan and I attended that event. So anyway, the bookshelf was opening a second location in Tallahassee. And I immediately thought I could like throw my hat into the ring as a volunteer, like a story time reader or something like that. No intention of anything other than perhaps volunteering at this store. So I reached out to the owner, um, a woman named Katie. I sent her an email. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard, or some of you have heard this story before, but I sent her an email, one of those emails that you never know if you'll get a response back, but you figure it's worth the try. And I let her know that if she ever needed any help, I lived right down the street. The store was within walking distance of my home in Tallahassee, which if you are familiar with Tallahassee, is very unusual <laughs> that my, my home was within walking distance of this space. And I just kind of left it at that. A couple of months later, and actually maybe even, I feel like I exchanged a few emails with Katie, but I think I heard back from her and they weren't hiring, but she told me she would keep my name on file. And I was like, well, great, because I'm not looking for a job. <laughs> I'm not looking for a job. Just let me know if you need help. And fast forward two or three months, I believe. And I got an email from Katie asking if I would be interested in managing the bookshelf, which was not at all the opportunity I was expecting. And I was stunned and floored and excited because I, like a lot of people, saw the Nora Ephron movie, You've Got Mail, back, I think, when I was 13, back in 1998. And I had always thought, that is a job I would love to do. That is something I would love to do. And so this Kathleen Kelly dream had kind of been percolating, but truly never something I thought about practically. I loved being a journalism major, loved writing, loved editing, liked my job. But I went and met with Katie and with her husband, Scott, and we hit it off. We really clicked as people. And I decided to kind of take a chance and, and interview and wait to hear back. And next thing you know, I was being offered the role as manager of a retail space, which I never worked retail in my, even in my teenage years, because I grew up in Tallahassee, my summer jobs frequently revolved around state government. I did run Annie's kids camp <laughs> out of my parents' backyard for a couple of years, but no retail experience to speak of. And yet I do not recall feeling nervous. Um, I do not require, recall feeling ill-equipped. Instead, I felt really excited and I met with my boss in the hopes that I could work at the bookshelf part-time and continue working as a writer and editor part-time. Um, I felt like it was something I could balance and do, but 
my boss, while so kind and understanding, and now a faithful supporter of the bookshelf, I might add, just didn't feel like it would be feasible. And Jordan and I talked, and the next thing you know, I quit my writing and editing job and became a manager of a bookstore. That year of my life, I think I will always look back on as a gift. I lived within walking distance of the store. I walked to work almost every day. The bookshelf was located inside a cupcake shop. (laughs) So I would frequently leave home um, or leave the store and walk back home with extra cupcakes for me and Jordan. It was an ideal experience. It was not perfect, but certainly very different from life as a bookstore owner, as I will get to in a second, and just truly felt like a dream come true. I was living in my hometown. I was doing something I loved, and I felt like the bookshelf mattered. We were really popular with the local area families. They came for story time twice a week. Um, we held little events, and it just it truly felt like like a romantic comedy. <laughs> it felt like a Hallmark movie. Who wouldn't want to work inside a cupcake shop? <laughs> um, so for a year, I lived like that, and. Um, I will always be grateful for that year because that year also prepared me for what it might be like to own my own store. And I still don't think that was really on my radar. Um, Katie and Scott had continued to operate the bookshelf in Thomasville. They graciously trusted me to run their shop in Tallahassee. I felt like I took to it. What is that saying? I don't like a fish to water. Is that the saying? (laughs) Um, I felt like it just was a natural fit. I, because of my writing and editing experience and and because of some previous work I had done, felt really equipped to do marketing and event running and planning. I had spent one of my summer jobs as like a wedding assistant, wedding coordinator assistant. And so I felt like all of these random odd jobs I'd had, even as a kid, had prepared me to be an entrepreneur or to at least manage an entrepreneur's shop. (laughs) And so I just loved it. I loved everything I did at, let's see, I guess I probably started that in 2012. And then in April of 2013, Katie and Scott made the decision um, that they were going to close the Tallahassee store. And if you have watched You've Got Mail, you know that scene where Kathleen Kelly closes up her little shop around the corner and she says, it's something depressing, like a baby gap. And although I'm not quite sure what makes a baby gap depressing, I remember being with my cousin in the bookshelf in Tallahassee late one night, taking shelves off of the wall and thinking, well, this was it. <laughs> this, was, this was my year to get to try this. And what a year it was and what an experience it was. What I don't think I fully understood was that Katie had this vision of me perhaps taking over the bookshelf. And so through many conversations with her and with her husband and with me and with Jordan, we made the decision to come on board the bookshelf in Thomasville as a co-owner. So I came on board to co-own the bookshelf in Thomasville once the bookshelf in Midtown Tallahassee closed. And the goal was that I would earn the bookstore through sweat equity. So my journey to entrepreneurship and to store ownership, I think is somewhat unusual. When I meet a lot of people, they either buy the store outright or they start it from the ground up. That is something I have no experience with. Um, I think there are pros and cons to earning a store through sweat equity, but for me, it was a gift. 
because it really gave me a lot of time to make a decision. I am a notoriously slow processor. It takes me a long time to think through something, to process out what I want to do. And by earning the store through sweat equity, I was basically through every month kind of working at the store, earning the store, kind of working off the payment of the store so that if I did decide to buy the shop outright, it would be a smaller loan than originally um, planned. Uh, (laughs) The best way I know how to explain this is in biblical terms. I am Jacob and the bookshelf is my Rachel. (laughs) And I worked really hard (laughs) uh, to earn Rachel's love (laughs) and to earn the bookshelf through sweat equity. So I came on board the bookshelf in an official kind of co-owner capacity in May of 2013. Jordan and I tried desperately to move to Thomasville within that year, but it just didn't happen. And so we didn't actually move to Thomasville until 2014. But for all extents and purposes, I really became a member of the Thomasville community in May 2013. Thomasville is a small town. It is very different from Tallahassee, um, despite just being across the state line. I experienced quite a bit of culture shock and also the town didn't really trust me at first. And, and I think that's fine. I think that's kind of the small town way. I really had to earn, (laughs) I had to earn their love. So Thomasville is also my Rachel. (laughs) Um, and I ran and operated the store beginning in May, 2013. Katie showed me a few things, taught me a few things, but very much And this worked so well for me and for my personality type. She very much entrusted me to operate the store as I saw fit. And so I did that for five years. And for five years, it became my goal to grow the bookshelf, to grow it beyond the boundaries of Thomasville. When Jordan and I took over the bookshelf, we realized Thomasville itself had not grown population-wise in a long time. I don't have the exact statistics in front of me, but we just knew, okay, this city, this town isn't necessarily growing. So if we want to grow this store, and at the time we certainly did, um, if we want to grow this store and make it even more profitable or more successful in whatever ways the term success means, um, we knew we were going to have to do that beyond Thomasville. So that included a lot of different things. Like I said, my expertise, it felt like was really in marketing and maybe even event planning. So we started the Bookshelf's Instagram account. We began, I mean, Katie had already done a ton of events, but events became something that became more of our bread and butter. It was Katie's idea to start a podcast. And inspired by my own years spent on a really special front porch, I decided to call the podcast From the Front Porch, and it launched in 2013 as a way to introduce me to Thomasville, which is very funny (laughs) because I don't think anyone from Thomasville listened to From the Front Porch for years. (laughs) Uh, Instead, it was mostly my mom, I think, downloading episodes. So From the Front Porch began back in 2013 as kind of this brainchild of Katie's. If you know me in real life, you know that if you give me an idea, I will happily run with that idea. And I think that's how Katie and I for years worked worked alongside one another so well, um, especially in 2012 and 2013. Um, She was naturally, I think, perhaps even more entrepreneurial than I. And she would say things uh, and maybe plant the seed. And then I would happily water and grow that seed and research how to do it. I love research, Enneagram 5, INTJ. Uh, So I loved that part of the business. And 
and loved watching it grow and seeing what made the most impact and what made the biggest difference. So I did that for five years until 2018. And there are, I could tell you the, the most stressful seasons of my life as a store owner and as a shop owner or co-owner, 2018 was one of those times. Um, it was time for me to make a decision. It was time for me to start running or earning the store through sweat equity. And it was time to decide, was I going to basically give that money earned back to Katie or was I going to, to take the plunge? And, you know, I don't ever want anyone to think this has been an easy journey. It has been one of the most rewarding parts of my life, but I was torn about what to do. It was not an easy decision. I love the bookshelf. I still love the bookshelf, but store ownership and small business ownership is certainly not for the faint of heart. And I'm not even sure it's something that comes um, naturally to me. It is something I have to work really hard at. And 2018 rolled around and I didn't know what to do. And for anybody who has kind of been at a crossroads in their career or in their or in their life or work, I really was looking for opportunities to make it easier. So rather than take out a loan, I looked for investors and I wrote out a business plan and tried to show all the ways I had grown and improved the bookshelf and, and ways that I had made a difference in hopes that somebody would come alongside me and be more of the business brain, right? Be more of the overseer so that I could run the store, but maybe not have so much pressure. It's such a stressful job. It's so fun, but but such a stressful job. And so the first half of 2018 was really spent exploring all my options and really trying to basically find a way outside of running the bookstore by myself, which is what I now do. (laughs) So it did not go as planned. I had meetings that went well, but it just wasn't meant to be. So in June of 2018, Jordan and I did something I think we really thought we would never do. which is take out a small business loan to purchase the bookshelf. It was so stressful. Um, Jordan and I are not by nature risk takers. We are risk averse. We are frugal, (laughs) careful people. And taking out that loan was scary. But I had thought a lot about it and I loved the store and I wasn't ready to give it up yet. It just wasn't. and. So we signed on the dotted line and there was also a freedom that came with taking over the store completely. As much as I loved co-owning and kind of easing into business ownership, it is entirely a different thing when the thing becomes yours. And um, I imagine I will feel that way the day Jordan and I pay off the loan. I imagine I will feel even more like it is really mine. Um, Perhaps how you feel the day you pay off your home or something like that. So that happened in 2018. I became the official sole owner of the bookshelf June 2018. And boy, what a wonderful and also stressful two years. It was, like I said, really freeing to own the bookstore outright, kind of sort of, um, in partnership with the bank. And I spent a lot of time doing what I had always done, which is trying really hard to improve the store, to do better, to increase profitability, to extend the boundaries of the shop, 
Um, One of the highlights of the past two years was certainly the launch of our reader retreat program back in 2019. Uh, In fact, the entire staff agrees. Uh, I think at the end of 2019, we sat down, maybe even at the start of this year, actually, we sat down and talked about what we loved um, about 2019 and what highlights there were for that year. And all of the staff agreed that reader retreats were at the top of that list. Um, If you're not familiar, reader retreats are our program that we do in partnership with the Paxton House, a bed and breakfast here in Thomasville. And we invite about 20 folks from all over the country, as it turned out, in a way I wasn't expecting. They come from all over the country, readers do, to join us at the Paxton, and we plan a weekend's worth of activities around books and reading and the reader's life. And Events like that remind me why we do what we do. Events not only became something that helped the store become profitable, but they also just breathed new life and inspiration into into my life as an entrepreneur. Um, Back in 2018, when we made the decision to take over the store completely, we met with a business um, coach and expert, and he kind of sat us down and went over my business plan and he went over um, all the numbers and the statistics that I had collected about how the store had grown and changed. And and what he told me stuck with me and really inspired the reader retreats, which was the best way to maybe make the bookshelf in particular profitable. And I think this would be true of any retail space, but bookstores in particular, because there is not a lot of profit in books. (laughs) There is not a lot of profit in books. And so he told me if I could make the bookshelf an experience, he thought that would make the biggest difference. And I believe the bookshelf has always been an experience. Jordan and I felt that way back in, gosh, 2010 or 2011 when we used to visit for date night. But I understood what he meant. And that's where reader retreats come from or pin to plate dinners where we have dinner parties in the in the downstairs of the store or you know, a Harry Potter night or story time or anything like that. The the goal is for the bookshelf to be an experience, something that you can't, that you just can't do online. Which brings me to, which brings me to 2020 and how the bookshelf is now operating primarily as an online space. (laughs) This year has been one of the hardest in terms of store ownership. And I think you could ask any small business owner and honestly, probably any person (laughs) and they would agree with you, right? These are stressful days and stressful times. There is really quite truthfully, nothing easy about running a business in the middle of a global pandemic. However, because of hard work and good loyal customers and grace, the bookshelf was able quickly in March of this year to pivot and to pivot hard (laughs) into online business and profitability and a shipping warehouse, (laughs) which is essentially what we became for three months. I think any of you following along this journey on Instagram know, and, and we are not the only bookstore to have to do this. All the bookstores and many retail spaces that I know immediately had to kind of pivot or, or close temporarily because the only way to safely operate our store was to do so online. And so for three months, Olivia, the hardest working manager I know, worked alongside me and we continued operating the bookshelf, but completely online. No appointments, no in-store customers. 
And it was exhausting, grueling work. Certainly not grueling in the way nursing or teaching or even maybe mothering or parenting (laughs) is, but grueling in its own way, where the joy, the joy I just told you, the joy from the bookshelf comes from events (laughs) and from faces and children. And to not have those things anymore um, for three months made work very different. And believe me, messages from probably listeners like you, in the words of PBS, uh, listeners, viewers like you, messages from you kept us going. But that is very different from an in-store customer experience and seeing people we know by name and talking about books with them in person. Online is just a very different experience. And so to pivot was thankfully relatively easy for us. But the way we had to operate the bookshelf was so different from all the ways my brain had been trained to run the bookshelf. Um, My brain had been trained to run the bookshelf through an experience, an in-store experience, a place you might want to come on vacation, a place you might want to walk to if you live downtown, a place you can call your own, a gathering space. I mean, that's the whole point of most of the bookstores I visit. And so it's really different. (laughs) And so 2020 has been interesting. But as most of you know, in, I guess, June, late May, June, we were able to welcome our staff back. We were able to open by appointment only. That is still how we are currently operating, in case you're curious. Appointment only has been, we think, the safest, most mindful, healthy way to operate. Every store has to make their own decision based on their communities. But for us, this makes a lot of sense. So we currently are operating Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. You make an appointment online or by calling the shop. And you get to shop in-store, masked, (laughs) for 30 minutes. And it has been so gratifying to welcome people back in the store, but also to do it in a way where we hope people feel safe and where we hope people feel cared for. Because that's the other, I mean, gosh, there are so many missions and purposes of the bookshelf, but I certainly want every person who walks in our doors to feel safe and cared for. And That has always been the case, but it takes on new meaning in the era of COVID. (laughs) And so Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4, we are welcoming customers into our store, um, but by appointment. And it has been a joy to see people's smiling eyes, if not not full faces, (laughs) smiling eyes, and to know that we're going to be okay. We continue to operate primarily online. So a lot of people wonder, you know, how does a store survive? And the answer is right now we are surviving thanks to long distance support. Back in, gosh, April, I think I was interviewed by MSNBC, which made my little journalist heart, like just sent it into palpitations. But I was interviewed by MSNBC to talk about like running a small business in a small town in the middle of all of this. And I said then, and it remains true, that the bookshelf pre-COVID operated 80% through in-store sales and 20% online. Now that it has flipped completely, 80 to 90% of our sales are coming on from online, long-distance customers, and 10 to 20% of our sales are coming from in-store. 
that means a lot of things. <laughs> it means um, we are spending a lot of money on shipping. We are spending a lot of time on shipping. And we are also really grateful for podcast listeners, for Instagram followers, because you are who is helping us stay afloat. And I definitely thought by August of this year, that percentage would have changed, but it hasn't. And I actually don't know that it will even moving into the fall. We have really had to decide that we are going to focus the latter part of 2020 on online events and experiences, something that I haven't had a lot of brain power to think about until pretty recently. So much of the past three to five months has been as I've expressed to my business coach, triage, (laughs) it's felt like a lot like operating under emergency, emergency circumstances. But over the past couple of weeks, our staff has had a chance to sit back, to brainstorm, to begin thinking forward, to begin thinking proactively instead of reactively. And so we are looking at a very different fall for 2020, but one that I think can still be really fun and still be really joy-filled and hope-filled. And that is where we are. (laughs) Um, If you had told me 2008 that I would own a bookstore in a small town, I would never have believed you. In 2012, I received this opportunity to manage a bookstore. And I called my dad And we went out to breakfast because that's what my dad and I do when we need to talk about things. (laughs) And so my dad and I sat down and I talked to him about managing a store, quitting my job, (laughs) my my normal paying (laughs) job with health benefits. And I asked him what he thought. And I was, gosh, I don't know. How old was I in 2013? Seven years ago. Hmm. I don't know. I can't do math. 27-ish. And he looked at me in the eye and he told me, why not try it? You're so young. You can't make a mistake. And for somebody who tends to overthink and who tends to think a lot about making mistakes, (laughs) that advice was freeing to me. That's why I started the episode with a quote from Nora Ephron. You've Got Mail certainly led me to this place, Um, but that quote from Nora Ephron also did because we are always, well, I guess not always, but we frequently have the opportunity to change our mind. And back in 2012, I made the decision to manage a little bookstore in my hometown. The very next year, I had to make a much harder decision to co-own a bookstore in a small little town in South Georgia. Five years after that, I had to make the decision and the really big leap of faith to do it on my own. And if you could see me, I'm making air quotes because (laughs) it's not really on my own. Jordan, Olivia, my parents, my staff, my family, um, they are who helped me run the bookshelf. This is not a solo this is not a solo career. Quite frankly, you helped me run the bookshelf. And so this is not a solo experience, but all along the way, I have had to make decisions as have you in your own lives or careers or relationships. And every year is an opportunity to kind of rethink. And believe me, 2020 has been a year where I have questioned a lot of things. 
and where I have wondered about the future of the store. And I have thought a lot about changing my mind. And I don't know what the future holds for me and for the bookshelf. But at year seven, I am so grateful to be a part of the bookshelf's life. And I am so humbled by the opportunity to get to be a purveyor of books and experiences, not just to Thomasville, but thanks to you, to the whole country. And that gift is not lost on me. And no matter what comes next, I will forever be grateful for that. So (laughs) as this Enneagram 5 gets a little more emotional than she thought she would (laughs) recording this reflection, I just want to say thank you. We have a lot of fun things in store for the back half of 2020. They are possible because of your support, both financial and emotional, financial and emotional. (laughs) We are grateful for every purchase, but we are also grateful for every kind comment and email. And it is our privilege to get to continue operating a business even during these, and I'm sorry, I got to say it, these unprecedented times. Thank you for coming along this journey with me, with our staff. We are so grateful and we cannot wait to keep serving you. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, that's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I know you were waiting for a book recommendation. This week, I'm reading The Bright Lands by John Fram. This is a book Olivia loved. She actually sent it out for her July shelf subscription. And now I am reading it and loving it. It's like Friday Night Lights meets Stranger Things, I think is my best description. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.